the Buckeye Investor. I'm your host, Demonte Hester. Join me as we interview ordinary people who have accomplished extraordinary things for the good and bad and the ugly. We'll define what wealth means and how you can achieve it too. Lead the life you want to live. Create the legacy you'd be proud of. Learn the rules and play the game. Without further ado, let's jump in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Buckeye Investor Show. I am super excited for today's episode. Our guest today is Justin Fry, a real estate investor and entrepreneur from Columbus, Ohio, who has bought nine rental properties, who's doing some fix and flips, and has its own flooring company called FNM Services Group. And he's going to tell us all about his journey to financial freedom today. And this episode has a ton of actionable tips that you all can use today to get started on your own path to freedom. You guys are going to really love Justin's story, and we have a lot to cover. So without further ado, let's bring him in. So Justin, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Uh, as I was mentioning before the, the show, I got a teething kid. So I got, <laughs> got that to, uh, to, you know, keep me entertained for a little bit. Keep your keep your uh, keep your hands full with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, a lot of fun over here. Um, so, also, man, why don't you tell us from a, a high level who you are and what it is that you do? Okay. Um, so, my name is Justin Fry. Twenty nine years old. Um, I've been investing for probably about three three and a half years. Uh, started off house hacking. So, bought a duplex lived in one side and was running the other side out and just kind of realized that, you know, um, I saw the, the benefits and, and, you know, all the great aspects of real estate just from doing it myself, being involved and also being a landlord. Um, and then I just kind of, you know, saw what I could do. Um, I loved it. I enjoyed every bit. I enjoyed, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, I've had to, I've had evict people, I've had to do all the, the ups and the downs, but I've always enjoyed it all. Um, and then, you know, for me, it was just kind of like a starting point. I knew I needed to get my foot in the door, so it was kind of just a, it was a good overall experience. But I can definitely say, uh, you know, living and doing it also while I was living there and investing and doing it all together was a, a great experience. Definitely to start off, absolutely. Definitely. So I want to dive a little deeper, man, and really find out what uh, what led to your success. So let's start from the beginning. Uh, what age did you get that first house hack? So I was uh, I bought my first duplex when I was twenty five. So I started off okay. So like I, I knew after a while I wanted financial independence, and you know it's it's just hard when you you don't really know where you're going in life. You don't know if you want to go to college, get a degree. You know, I just knew that I wanted financial independence. I've always had an entrepreneurial mindset. Um, just, I've always had that background. I don't want to say like a salesman, but essentially I've always been a salesman. Uh, gotcha. And I've always been good at it. You know, and even before real estate, before I knew I wanted to get into real estate, I just had that niche and that knack for talking and communicating. And um, I saw that with real estate, it was, there was just a lot of sales, you know, involved in it. And it was a lot of one-on-one -on -one communication, whether it be with tenants, you know, whether it be with agents or um, property managers, you know, there was just a lot of communication one-on-one -on -one with people that I was doing. So to answer your question, I 
was coming out of high school, um, you know, was going to college, did the community college route. Um, I just was, I just, it just wasn't what I enjoyed. Um, and you know, I knew that I wanted to work for myself. I didn't want no boss. I've done that, you know, um, and it just, it's, it's, I've always felt like an empty void, you know, as I was doing these jobs and, you know, I've done a lot of jobs. I've had a lot of jobs say that I've had a lot of jobs and, um, I've worked for, with a lot of people and I've seen kind of different aspects of the construction industry, which kind of gave me a greater, um, it gave me a greater broad perspective on real estate. So I started doing like, you know, I was a laborer. So I did like drywall and I did like the mudding and then I did like the flooring and I did like, you know, bits and pieces of like electrical and plumbing and, I just kind of was like, man, you know, I would really love to get into this business, but I didn't know how or, you know, where to do it. So, again, you know, all that experience gave me the broad knowledge of understanding that I wanted to get into real estate. I knew real estate was obviously, you know, it's very, very lucrative. Makes You can make a lot of money, you know, doing it. So I knew that I, that's something that I wanted to do. And... Um, I just started, I started, you know, watching shows and talking to friends. I knew friends that were flipping and, you know, doing the whole flip stuff. And um, I started seeing the money they were making. I was like, man, you know, I know I can do this. I just had to apply myself and provide myself with the best, you know, backing to, to get me to where I needed to be. So basically started off um, doing flooring, learned the flooring business. As I was doing the foreign business, uh, made a bunch of connections and uh, bought my first duplex, obviously, did a lot of the renovations myself. Um, and once I kind of once I kind of got my feet wet and I got that that uh, that experience with that first duplex, it gave me a big sense of confidence in myself. Right. And, you know, once I had that confidence, I felt a lot better about myself. I felt better about my decisions. I felt better about just everything, you know, the the whole process. And once I saw that it wasn't as hard as I had told myself it would be because I was, you know, I just, I made everything. I was always a thinker. I was out, I was thinking way too much instead of just dumbing it down and saying, listen, you know, this is how it works. This is how things go. You got to do A, B, C, and D to get to E, and that's that was my biggest that was my biggest hurdle was just really the mind, the mental mindset. So once I got over that, I everything was just a breeze. And then I started seeing, communicating, uh, making connections, networking with other investors, and it just kind of all just kind of came together. And then I've made a business out of it, and I've also made a business out of the flooring aspect. So I do the flooring full time, and then I also invest full time as well. Gotcha. That's awesome, man. I want to kind of talk a little bit too about the difference between those two, you know, the entrepreneurship side of things versus the investing side of things. Um, And really just, um, I guess like the time constraints on both of those, but like both of those kind of give you like different in, in the goals, I guess is the one I'm looking for. So I, I know like you mentioned, like you have bounced around like quite a bit from like job to job and, kind of felt that void what made you decide then to go work for yourself 
um, instead of just like maybe working for someone else and investing full time? Absolutely. That's a good question. I, um, so like I said, you know, I've always been an entrepreneurial person. I've always had the mindset and the mentality, you know, and I just, every time I envision my future, I would always see myself doing my own, just, you know, running my own life, not being under anybody's, you know, so to speak thumbs. Um, So I just, I I kept telling myself that that was in the back of my mind a lot. So I I really just took the plunge, man. You know, I was, I was in the union, I was construction worker um, for about five years before I became, I got into real estate like full time. So I had a great job. I was making really good money. And again, though, I was, there was a void there. There was something missing in my life. My ambitions were just, you know, through the roof, but I felt like I was stuck. Like I was almost like, like a, uh, like a gerbil just running around in a, you know, in a little, in a little, uh, what do they call those things? <laughs> things are just running. So again, I was, I was, I just felt like I was, you know, I was going back to square one and, um, I took the plunge, man. You know, I, I, I said, Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this full time. I'm going to take the, uh, I'm going to take the initiative and, I'm going to take a leap of faith and I just jumped into it. And, um, you know, I, I had my, I had my real estate business going. I wasn't like at this point, I wasn't like full-time investor. But I knew, I knew what I was doing and I knew where I wanted to be. And, uh, I had a good sense of, of direction. I should say I had a good sense of direction where I wanted my future and how I wanted it to look and how I wanted it to pan out. And I kind of just put, I pieced, one by one, I pieced everything together. And uh, once I kind of took that plunge and I said, hey, I'm just going to do it, you know, that was the entrepreneurial uh, spirit in me. It was just like, hey, just do it full time. Don't be afraid. Jump in. You know, and I, I'm not somebody that grew up with, uh, you know, I want to say a silver spoon, but I didn't have a silver spoon. You know, my family was a bridge. So we had to work for everything we had. So I knew, like, if I wanted a future that I that I could see myself really living and being happy with, I had to go out and make it happen. Right. It was all up to me. You know, there was nobody that's going to come in and say, "Let me rescue you and and you know give you this give you this lavish lifestyle that you've always been dreaming." No, it was it was. Hey, I woke up every morning and I looked at my I looked at my watch and you know I looked at my life and I'm like, hey, if I want to be here. I got to do this. So I set up, kind of set like a a plan of action for myself. And um, I took that plunge, quit my, quit my day job. I was working 40 hours a week, making great money. You know, I just quit. Um, And then I opened up a foreign company. And as I was doing the foreign company, I was making good money. So I started buying more stuff, you know, flipping more houses investing more time, reading more books, getting more education, um, educating myself. That was the biggest thing. Educating myself was the biggest, I would say the biggest thing that I, the, the biggest investment I made was myself. I invested in myself. I invested in books, you know, webinars, um, networking meetings, and it really helped me, man. And in the grand scheme of things, had I not have took that plunge, I definitely wouldn't have been where I'm at. So to anybody that's listening, that's, you know, 
looking to get into this business, don't be afraid. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take that, you gotta take that leap of faith. You know, and, and it's scary. It's not always gonna be easy, but if you if you have a if you have a good if you have a good plan of action, you have good goals. If you're educating yourself, if you're doing everything the right way, and you have the steps, and you have goals and, and a plan, you can't you can't fail, man. This business, you can fail on certain things that you're doing and still succeed. If that makes sense. Um, I can't remember who said it, but they said that uh, failure failure ah, failure isn't a loss. Failure is a lesson. So, and, that, and that's how I look at everything too. So, um, I wanted to. Uh, kind of like jump in on one of the things that you said also, you said you kind of just jumped in head first, especially to the entrepreneurship side of things, so starting a business. Was there any steps that you had took prior to that to make sure that you know, like if all else fails, um, I'm gonna still be okay? Uh, or was it really just strictly like, all right, we're just gonna go ahead and do it. And if it works, it works. If not, then we'll figure it out after. So, so like I said, I had the I had the real estate stuff going. I was managing all my own stuff at first. I started off with like four properties. I bought a duplex, then another one. And like I said, I was doing all the day to day stuff myself. So I I really learned the business from the ground up. And I I recommend anybody that's getting into this business, if you're going to start, start it by learning the ground up. Meaning you're doing the grunt work. You're doing you know. The goods, the good, the good side of it, getting you know, getting leases rented and and, and marketing and, and talking to tenants and everything, all the management side of it. Why? Because that's going to give you a strong, strong foundation for your investing career, and it's going to allow you to fully understand. It's going to give you a strong knowledge, and you know that's what it did for me. It, it laid out a foundation for me. It helped me understand the business because again like i said i started off i didn't know anything right. you know i was just like a, i was i was like a tadpole getting released into the ocean you know i just i i had no clue what i was doing i was getting the shiny object syndrome kept reading books everybody's making money doing this no they're doing this no they're doing that i wanted to do everything right. it takes a little bit of discipline it does you have to discipline yourself you got to know what you have to focus on one thing when you start. You don't want to come into it and start and do five different things at once. Because right. again, it's easy in real estate to make money, but it's also easier to lose money. Right. So you have to be very uh, conscious and, and smart about the decisions you're making. So like I said, you know, when you're coming into it, you want to focus on one thing. Get his best, master that that niche or that aspect of real estate, and then move on to the next. So that's what I did. My my goals were I had a set of goals for myself. I knew I wanted to I wanted financial freedom. I wanted to retire, and I also wanted monthly income. So I wanted pass I wanted passive income. So I knew that flipping wasn't going to be the job. It wasn't going to be the thing for me because. It would require require me to be forty hours a week. It was a day job essentially, right. you know. And a lot of these other aspects in real estate were more jobs than they were passive income. So I knew that I starting off, I knew where I wanted to be, and I knew that rental properties was the best way to do it. So I kind of 
I, I strategized myself to start off with rental properties and I knew where my cash flow was, excuse me, every month. I knew where I wanted the number the numbers to be. So I started, you know, I was calculating my monthly bills, calculating my expenses, and I'm like, okay, I hit this number every month. This is this is the magic number. I just gotta get that number. What is, well what is that number, by the way? Well, when I was starting it was thirty five hundred. So I had to get everything to where I was making all my expenses. Everything was paying off. And once I got to that point, I was like, now I can focus on making money. You know what I mean? I've got my expenses paid. I'm making money for the long term. Now I can focus on making lump sums of money, you know, making larger sums of money in a shorter time frame. So that's when I started focusing on doing flips and, you know, joint venturing on other stuff and it really like i said if you can come into this with one niche or you know one 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 specific thing that you really want to do and you master that that will that will propel you in many ways because that will allow you to understand what you're doing fully before you jump into other stuff you know and understand that half you know versus knowing it 100%. Sure. So that, that, that helped me out a lot. Man. And, and once I did that, um, you know, I built my rental business up and, and, and as I was doing that, I was doing flips and, you know, also doing my flooring business. I was working with a lot of investors doing that. And yeah, that's kind of how it's, you know, it's gotten me to this point. Like I said, I'm no Grant Cardone by any means necessary, but you know, I know where I want to be and I have, I have plans of actions and I have goals and, you know, every single day I look at those goals. I go through my plans of actions. How am I going to get to this goal? You know, what, what am I doing today? That's going to get me to there tomorrow or next week or next year or five years from now. And by doing that each day, I get 1% better. You know, I, I learn one, one new thing every day. It, it, it allows me to better myself and also educate myself because each day I'm learning something new about myself, about what I can do, you know, my work ethic. Um, and, and it's been great, man. It's, it's been, it's been a blessing. I can say, you know, I thank God every day cause it's, it's been a blessing. Definitely. That's awesome, man. I love that. Um, and you mentioned like in the beginning of that too, um, you know, you, you track, like you, you knew exactly where you wanted to go. So you tracked everything, um, as far as like your income, your expenses go, and then you eventually reach like what I would think would be like financial freedom, you know, level one. Um, and the way like I think of it is, uh, you're like in the beginning, like you're pretty much under, under the land, it's like you're, you're underwater and then financial, financial freedom level one is like right, even at the ground, like you're right at the surface. But now, like, since you're above ground, you can just skyrocket and go as high as you truly want to. So I love that you pointed that out. Um, I'll, next thing I want to do is dive a little bit deeper um, into into the rental aspect of things. Um, I know that's like your, your bread and butter. So we know that for your first deal, like you had a house hack. Tell me how uh, you guys pretty much snowballed that into that following deal. Um, and what it is that you guys do to acquire deals now? Like, what does the, the process look like? 
So now, so I'll start off from, from what you asked first. So I started off, I did an FHA loan, my first, my first duplex, which for anybody that doesn't know, it's three and a half percent down. So obviously when we're all starting, we don't have a lot of cash out of pocket. Um, you know, I didn't have a lot of ton of resources. Like I said, I didn't grow up with rich family, you know, rich friends. I just, it wasn't in my network. So I had to use what I knew and I knew that there was first time home buyer programs for everybody. Anybody could qualify if you had the credit. Um, I've always had good credit. So I started off with that, did my three and a half percent down, bought my first duplex, literally got myself into the duplex with like $6,000. So it was a good starting point. You know, and I always recommend anybody that's looking to get into this business. If they have never bought a house to start off FHA. Reason being is there's a lot of let there's there's you have a lot of leverage, and leverage is key in this in this business. Leverage is number one, um, and number two, it gave me, you know, a sense of security because I knew that I had a first time home buyers program. Um, it was less cash out of my pocket, so the more money I was able to save, you know for this property, I was able to keep in for reserves, meaning expenses, capital expenditures, you know, should something go wrong, the roof, uh, you know, mechanicals. That was my, that was my biggest thing is, Hey, I'm not, I'm not capitalized enough to have, you know, this money that I would need. So I, th- I thought about it and I'm like, okay, this is the way to go. So I said, all right, I'm going to save this money. I know I can put three and a half percent down. I can get in the property. And I can still have my money should something go wrong or say, you know, I have a vacancy for three months and I have to foot the bill or pay the mortgage. Um, so I capitalized myself correctly in the first, you know, three, four months, five months, whatever, a year. And once I got understanding of that, I started meeting with other investors and was learning the business a little bit more. And I started understanding that, hey, you know, you don't always have to use your own money to buy properties. Right. And once I learned that, it was all over. And uh, so essentially what I did was, is after I did that first property, I started using other people's money. And um, I did private money, used a lot of private money. I haven't done any hard money loans, haven't had to yet, but I use private money. So essentially what private money is, is a private, private money is just basically anybody who is well capitalized enough and they're looking to make a return on their, their, their investment into you. So basically what a private investor does is they're investing in you. They're investing in what you have to offer, but you mainly, you know, the person you are, your character, um, everything. Right. It's, all, it's, all, it's all that person is investing in is you, not the deal. They're investing in you. Right. So I built, I built kind of a track record up for myself and I uh, was dealing with other people. And, you know, people saw that I was getting stuff done and doing good work. And, you know, so I started getting people calling me. Hey, man, uh, you know, I see you're doing this. I see you're doing that. Are you ever looking for investors? Are you ever looking for this? And I'm I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll keep your number. I'll keep your number. So when a property would come up and I'm like, hey, you know, I don't have $60,000 to put down on this property as my 20% would be for a conventional loan. I'm like, I'm going to think outside the box here. What can I do? How can I make this work? Because I wasn't going to let, I will, the thing about me is I don't, 
I don't pass up on good opportunities. Right. I make I make the most of it. Even if I don't have the means to make it, I will find a way to make it happen. So what I would do is I would find the deal. And like they say, when you have a good deal, the money follows. Right. If you have a good deal, I don't care where you're at, what deal it is, how it doesn't matter how big, small, if the numbers make sense, you will find the money. So what I would do is, is I would get these deals and I would talk to these investors and I would say, look, I've got this deal, you know, it's it's producing X, 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 you know, cash flow a month. Um, you know, our our um, return on investment is this, and you know, our, our cap rate is this, and I would break the numbers down and once I've gotten confident enough to know all that, I was talking to these investors and they were just like, here's the money, you know, go, go, go do what you got to do, man. Execute. And execute. Exactly. And I was taking this money and I was executing and I was making stuff happen. And as I was doing deals, more and more people would hear about me, you know, or I would, I would network with more and more people and they would know what I'm doing and ask me how I did it, how fast I was getting these done. And it just snowballed. And now I have a network of people, you know, we're talking millionaires. We're talking hundreds of thousands of, you know, people that have just hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank account that are looking for an eight to 10% return on their money. And, you know, it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's a lot less risky when, they're giving you their money to invest, you know, and you're, and you're giving them just a return on just them doing nothing, you know? So I, once I figured that out and I, and I understood that aspect of the business, because that was a very big uh, hurdle to jump through at first because I wasn't confident in myself. Right. You know, I didn't, I didn't have the knowledge that I wanted to deal with people like that, that had money. It was very risky, you know? And once I figured it out and I'm like, man, I just have to be confident. I have to have the confidence in myself and in and, and, and a mental state that I can do this. It all goes back down to having the mentality that you know you can get it done. Right. And I kept telling myself that, man, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing that. You can do it. Just just do it. Just jump into it. Same way I did with my job. I took that plunge. I jumped off that diving board, off that ledge, and uh, started working with private money and you know, next thing I knew, I was getting people lending me hundreds of thousands of dollars here and there and there and here. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of how it's led me to where I'm at now and how I'm able to acquire and buy these bigger unit properties now that I'm, you know, getting ready to do. And it's been great, man. It's, it's like I said, it's, you know, it's, it's a blessing for sure. That's awesome, man. So there's a, a couple of things I want to touch on with that. Um, a couple of questions I had. So one, um, in the beginning with the duplex, uh, obviously, put like uh, you did the FHA route. Did uh, you lived in one half? I'm guessing rented out the other side. Was there any uh, repairs that you had to do to the property, like a two or three k? I know like FHA kind of offers a program like that. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, so I actually did a two or three k loan my first deal, um, and I wouldn't recommend it for a lot of newbie investors. It's very difficult. Right. There's a lot of ways you can get screwed by the banks. Um, you know, they, 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 uh, since you had a construction background. Did you also do a lot of the work yourself? Yeah. So that was one of the benefits I had was even the stuff that I didn't know how to do. I knew how to price it. 
and I knew if I was getting gouged and I knew if it was a good deal. So I knew, and I knew how to do the work. I just didn't do it myself, if that makes sense. So like a lot of the work, you know, when, when I was getting priced out, I already knew what the prices were. So I knew what I needed to be. I knew what my budget was and, um, it helped me beneficially, you know, exponentially, I should say. Um, you know, it propelled me because when I was doing that first deal, you know, I had to set it up to where I was basically the contractor. I was the, ge- I was the general contractor, my first property. So I was setting up, you know, my, my window installers, my drywall guy, my plumbing, my electrical, my painters. You're jumping, and you're jumping head first in everything, huh? <laughs> it really was. That's why I said, like, you know, doing that, though, has really give me, given me the best, strongest foundation I could possibly ask for. No, nothing, nothing in a book or in a seminar or a podcast or listening to could ever possibly give me. Right. Not to say that th- those things weren't beneficial. Right. They, they just didn't give me what I needed. And what I needed was experience. You get experience so and take action. Absolutely. So by taking that action, jumping into it head first, maybe not knowing everything, I knew I knew enough, but I didn't know I didn't know everything. Right. And by doing so, it it, it really because because one thing about myself is I work good under pressure. I'm very good under pressure. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is, but I work good under pressure. So I was being under pressure. I was constantly under pressure, and you know it's scary, man. When 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 the bank's like, hey, we're going to give you $70,000 to do these renovations, but they have to be done correctly within this amount of time. And when you get an FHA, FHA, when you get a two or 3K loan, the bank is very, 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 very specific on how you do these things. You know, the matter of how you get it done. Um, so I, I, I had to be very well, well aware of how the bank wanted stuff done because it didn't matter how I, I how I wanted it. Right. They wanted it done a specific way, and that was it. And they're the ones holding you know, the bag, so they're like, you, you better. And they're the ones paying everybody, so it was like I had to make sure that I did it the way they wanted it done. For sure. So, like I said, I had I had plans. I had I, I had everything in place. I knew how I wanted to do it. I knew the construction budget. I knew how to price things out. The next part was piecing it all together, and. You know, essentially working with the bank. The reason why I say I don't recommend it for newbie investors is because it's a great program. I mean, it really is. It's it's fantastic. Two or three K, right? Absolutely, it's it's a fantastic program. It can really help somebody get into real estate and, and, and renovate and do all that. But the thing is, is the reason why I don't is because these banks have their their they're their own rules. They make their own rules. There's no legal, there's no legal, you know, they make all their legal rights. You're just, you're just an ant, you know, working, you know, in, in a big field, essentially, you know, and these banks control everything. So I knew that I had to play by their rules. So they gave me a time frame. They said, Hey, you have this much time to get everything done. Um, you know, this is, this is how you need to do it. We need pictures on every single, you know, once you get something done, you get a draw, I need photos. Because I was working with a bank in California. Right. So I had to literally take photos of every single piece of 
everything. I mean, it was like from the studs down to the, the, the drywall, the demo, everything. They wanted everything recorded. So I was taking photos, sending it in, getting my draws, sending the photos in. And like I said, it was a very long process. And in doing so, which gave me more experience, I had to fire a contractor. So, you know, I dealt with, I dealt with the worst of the worst, my first property, literally the first property. So I had to fire my GC. I had a GC working, helping me out, had to fire him because they were cutting corners and doing things the wrong way. And and just, you know, I felt like there was a lack of integrity there. You know, I took it upon myself and said, okay, it's time to step up, be a big boy. And, uh, do this yourself, you know, and that's what I did. And once I, once I was piecing everything together and I, I, I knew that I could do it, it was again, it was just a confidence thing. Right. It was just like, Hey, you can do it, do it, just do it. Just like you did with your job, just like you did with everything else, jump into it and do it. For everybody listening, he also, he's also wearing a uh, Nike hat too. So if I <laughs> just do it, baby, just do it. <laughs> So, yeah, man. So, you know, I just, I jumped into it. Uh, I took control of it. And once I took control of it, it was a smooth sailing. And uh, after I got that done, <laughs> I had to evict two tenants, like, back to back, you know, because I had a tenant living in the side that I was renovating, and then I had another tenant in the other side and before I moved into it. So, I, like I said, I went through the worst of it before I saw the best of it. And for me... That was beneficial because it was a mental, it was like a mental confidence booster that I could never possibly get unless I I went through that. You know, because had I gone through that and let's just say I bought that property, everything went smooth sailing and didn't have any issues and I made money and blah, blah, blah. Well, then I wouldn't have dealt with that and I wouldn't know how to deal with that for the future, you know? So it made Absolutely. It gave me a sense of pride and a sense of confidence in myself. And uh, it just, it taught me a little bit about myself in that, you know, I'm very, I'm, I'm strong and I, and I know how to deal with, with, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? I know how to deal with, with things not going my way, I should say. You know, I, I know how to deal with bad and I know how to deal with the ugly and the good. So it's, it essentially put the worst, the worst possible outcomes on my plate at first and allowed everything else to be smooth. And it gave me the sense of pride that, hey, man, you can do this. Because you went and you, you went through the worst part of it, your first duplex. You know, I, I lost my money in rent. Right. I had vacancy. I had to evict two tenants. I had no clue what I was doing, you know. But again, I didn't give up. I didn't give up. I didn't give up in myself. I didn't give up in, in what I was doing and my goals, my plans. I knew that, hey, if I stuck this out, it only gets easier. You know, and, and that's what I try to tell a lot of new investors is listen, you're gonna go through a lot of ups and downs in this business. There's no you're you're never gonna be like this. Right. All the way up. You may you may you may get lucky. You know, and, 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 and get it, be on a nice roll. But there, there's, you're always going to have your ups and downs in this business. And, you know, if you can get through the bad, if you can get through the ugly, well, then you damn sure can lift through the good, right. you know. 
so that was that was my kind of introduction, man. That that gave me that propelled me um, mentally, physically, emotionally. It helped me out a lot, and it, and, it, and it put me into into the place where I am now, where I'm comfortable enough to say, "Hey, I made a lot of mistakes. My first property, I did. I, you know, I, I made a crap ton of mistakes. You know, but but again, I wouldn't change it. Right. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it for anything. You know, that's awesome. So the other the other half of my question then. Uh... What would be for like your second deal for it? Like using private money, for example. I know a lot of people's excuses. Well, like I don't want to ask family or friends. Like I don't, I don't want to be that guy who's like, you know, I need money for a deal. Um, so how do, how do you feel like a, like a newbie investor could go about, you know, getting private money and, uh, and using it to then accelerate their business if they're, you know, brand new, for example? So I would say... At first, I wouldn't recommend using private money only because there's a lot more risk involved. Now, obviously, if you don't have the means to get loans and and you don't have the means to, you know, use hard money, your credit may not be good, whatever the case is. If you don't have money in the bank, um, you know, you, you you definitely want to educate yourself. And you definitely want to know what you're getting yourself into because, again, you know, these lenders, these people that are private money lenders, you know, they're essentially, there's nobody really regulating these people. So I don't want to say it's unregulated, but essentially it's unregulated. These people make their own rules. You know, if they want 20% interest every month, you know, interest only on, 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 on whatever your loan is, you got to think about that, you know, and you got to think, hey, how long is this loan going to take me to pay them off? You know, you, you just got to, you've got to put everything in perspective. Right. So what, I, what, what I'm saying is, is for the new, newer investors, for the people that are just starting, use your resources. If you have no resources, absolutely 100% use private money. But, but, educate yourself. Know what you're getting yourself into. Know your numbers. Know how to break, you know, know how to calculate and and add into your numbers when you're calculating, you know, your your numbers for your rental properties or your flips or whatever the case is. Know how to to add in that interest for, for that private lender. Calculate it into your deal. And if, and, if, and if you can do that and still know you're making money or you're going to be profitable, then 100%, by all means, go for it. Sure. But, but be mindful, you know. And, and, and if you don't, like I said, if you don't have the resources, if you don't have people around you that you can, you can talk to and, and try and use first as maybe friends or family, whatever the case is, you know, that don't have the money, then absolutely go that route. But it's not something I would recommend for a first-time investor. But again, if you can educate yourself and you know what you're getting yourself into, and you can calculate those numbers into your into your uh, your analysis when you're, you're breaking your numbers down for your properties, absolutely use private money. I recommend private money before I would ever recommend hard money. So definitely, I think that's awesome advice. Also, like uh, how you pointed out, you know, one get educated um, because. 
you're obviously putting someone else's livelihood on the line. Um, so you don't want to mess that up. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, it comes back to what you said in the very beginning is just take action. So I, I love those two things. Um, I want to ask you too, man, what is your why? Um, so, so a little bit about myself. Um, I love animals. I love people. I love my family. So my biggest thing is, is I want to provide for my family. I want to be able to help my family. I have a lot of family members that are, I don't want to say like poor, but they're still living in poverty. They're, they're not where they, they, they should be in life. And, you know, I want to be able to help them, you know, and I, I, I don't want to ask, I don't want them to think I want something in return, mm-hmm. you know, and, and my why is, is helping my family. But also, you know, I also care about children and I care about people that are, you know, homeless and don't have food and, and you know, are split up from the families for whatever the reasons are. I want to be able to give to those those families. I want to be able to help on my own means, you know, meaning nobody's in control of what I give or what I'm able to give or what, whatever the case is. And, and I want to be able to give back to those people and, and give to the children that are homeless, again, split from their families, you know, are living in poverty, that they don't have the basic needs and necessities that we as Americans have every day, you know, and, and that's my why is it's, it's I know it's kind of a, a broad, <laughs> I'm giving you a broad answer here, but I want to help. I want to help people. And um, I want to do more for others than what I was given, you know, as a child. Right. You know, so I want to be able to be that person in somebody's life that says, they helped me get to college. They helped me buy a home. They helped me put food on the table. They they allowed me to, to keep my, my bills paid or whatever, keep food on the table for my children. Or they helped me to get my children. Right. You know, I want to be that in somebody's life. Right. I think that's awesome, man. And um, and I, I think we also sometimes take for granted, you know, those luxuries that we do have here. Um, like, just some sometimes something as simple as you know going to your bathroom and like turning on the hot water and the water is actually hot. You know? absolutely. You know, like, it it definitely doesn't hurt to to give back to those people who are less fortunate. Um, and I'm on the same way. So, um, yeah. I wanted to ask you also. Um, well, before I even get to there, man, like you're actually, you're, you're using the burst strategy, I'm assuming, right? Yes. Awesome. Um, I figured so since you're using private money, um. So you're probably buying in like at 75% of ARV and then refinancing everybody out. So essentially what I'm doing is, is I buy at 70%. Uh-huh. So what I'm doing is I find, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a multifamily investor. I should have said that earlier. Um, I don't buy, I don't buy single family homes. Not to say it's anything bad. There's nothing against it. It's a great investment, but I'm looking for cash flow. Right. And I'm looking for a specific number every month from each unit. My number, just to say it, I'm looking for 350 per unit. And I'm looking, if I buy a duplex, I want to make $700 cash flow. If I buy a four unit. uh, Are you actually making those in this market too? Yes. We'll we'll dive a little deeper into that. We can dive into that. So essentially, you know, I want to be, 
I want to be in that 300 to 350 range. If I'm not, if I'm below 300, not to say it's not a good deal, but it's not for me because those are the returns I'm looking for. It's not easy, especially now, as you can, you can, you can attest. Um, But that's, that's, those are my numbers. That's what I look for. Um, I like multifamilies, four units, two units, eight units, apartments, 10, 12, 16. So that, that's, that's my niche. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I look for in a deal. Awesome. Uh, What do you, why do you think uh, it's important to know that, uh, know your goals uh, before starting and why it's important to, you know, be crystal clear on those. I know we touched a little bit on it uh, earlier, um, but for our listeners, you know, I, I kind of want to stress the importance of that. So if you could dive a little deeper into that. Yeah, absolutely. So knowing your goals is important because you have to understand why, where, and what you're doing. Because again, this, this business isn't always peaches and, and roses and, and diamonds and, and, you know, fancy cars and beautiful houses. It's just not. No, Rihanna um, and Selena Gomez's. No, no. It's, it's not like that, man. You know, like I said, in real estate, generally, it's a get-rich-slow thing. You don't get rich fast. Now, you can... Don't get me wrong. There's people that, you know, make money quick. But the, the, the biggest thing, the biggest reason to have goals and to understand that goals are important is because you have to know your why, you have to know your what, and you have to know where, right? You got to know where you want to go. You have to know what you want to, what you want to do to get there. And you have to know why. And if you don't know these things, it's not going to allow you to get to that point. And by breaking your goals down or having these goals in place, it's going to give you, it's going to keep your brain on task. And it's going to allow yourself to understand that each single day, whether you're going through something good or bad, it's going to give you that reminder that, hey, I'm in it for the long haul. This is what I'm here for. You know, I'm, I'm, I may not be there tomorrow. I may not be there next month. I may not be there next year. But I know that if I keep chipping at it, I keep doing this. Every day, working hard, I'm going to get there eventually. And essentially, a goal is just something that you work towards, right? Right. I don't know the exact definition of goals, but in my terms, in your term, right, a definition of goal is just something that you work to attain over time, right? So by allowing yourself to read those goals, see what you're working yourself towards, it, it allows you to understand why you're doing it, what you're doing it for, where you want to be when you're doing it, right? And if you don't have that, if you don't have that set up, not to say you can't be successful, but it's going to allow you to, it's going to set you back in times where you go through hard times, you know, or you, or you, you know, whatever the case is, say, you're going through something right now and you're like, man, maybe this isn't for me. You know, I've come all this way, but I feel like giving up. You know, a goal is going to give you that that reassurance that, hey, Demonte, Justin, keep pushing. For sure. This is what you're here for. Don't, don't, let this, don't let this little wall that you're coming into 
Don't let it set you back. Don't let it make you give up. You got to keep pushing. And, and essentially, that's what a goal is. It's going to remind you. It's your motivation, right? It's your drive. It's your wants. It's your needs. It's your whys. It's, it's everything that you have in your own mind that's giving you your reason for what you're doing it, what, what you're doing and why you're doing it. And to me, you know, goals are everything because if you don't have them, what, what are you doing it for then? Right. You know, you, you got to know what you're doing it for. You have to have, you got to have your what's and your why's and your where's all in line. Right. And, and that's, that's the importance of having goals. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I had Nate Roderick on uh, the very first episode of uh, of the show, and he was uh, pretty much saying, like, we talked a little bit about goal setting as well. And, you know, one of his big things was, you know, I might not know, you know, when I'm going to, you know, reach this, obviously, but I know, like, as long as I keep, you know, doing little things here and there, like, it just, just push the needle forward, I can just keep going and going and going. Eventually, I'll look up and I'm exactly where I need to be. So, absolutely. And I have this, I have this thing in my head that I tell myself, you know, it's it's not really like a quote or anything, but it's just like, hey, get better one percent each day. If I know that in my in my in myself, in my brain, in my body, spiritually, emotionally, physically, if I feel like I'm doing those goals, if I'm if I'm working toward those goals every day, whether it be small large tasks, doesn't matter. If I know I'm doing something each day and I'm working towards those goals, I'm 1% better than I was yesterday. And by doing that, I'm 1% closer to that goal. Right. right? So I use that 1% rule that, you know, hey, if I'm doing something 1% more than I was yesterday, I'm 1% closer to my goals. Might even make that the show title, man. That was awesome. <laughs> awesome so i'm a, we're gonna pivot just a little bit i wanted to uh talk about uh how you got into the whole fix and flip thing especially since you know rentals was the goal um you know i just wanted to make money i was i was like getting to the point where you know cash flow is good and i'm making money here doing this um and i just i was just seeing that you know People were making businesses out of flipping, and you know it was—it's very profitable. I mean, we all know HGTV's everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you see all these flipping shows, and you're like, "Oh, I want to do that." I—I uh, I, I essentially was was telling myself that I'm not going to do it because I'm going to focus on this. But again, you know, I felt to the point where I was not mastering rentals, but I was comfortable. I knew what I was doing, and I knew that that was my long-term goal, right? I needed this many rentals by this much. I wanted to have a net worth of this much. That was my long-term goal. Now I needed a short-term goal in how to produce income, right? So so I started thinking, what can I do? Well, I can flip. And I knew that flipping obviously is profitable, um, and – you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing number-wise. You just got to account for short-term instead of long-term. Right. So you're thinking about the short-term time now. You're thinking about taxes. What am I going to pay in my taxes when I sell this thing, my capital gains? You got to think about, you know, um, maybe maybe higher interest that you're paying to these lenders. 
because it's again it's a shorter time frame. Right. More risky. You're not yeah, you're not you're not stretched out as long as you would be for a rental property. So I just started accounting for it and in running numbers based on those and, and I started seeing properties that were making sense and I'm like, oh it's a no brainer, right? right. I, I mean I can if I can walk away with thirty five, forty thousand dollars why wouldn't right. I? Now, are you uh, are you flipping single family homes, or is back to the multi? Uh, a few single family, uh, like bigger single families, right. though, like um, King Lincoln District. Mm-hmm. So we were doing like 26, 2700 square foot ones. So big, big, bigger single family properties. Gotcha. Essentially, they could have been a duplex or whatever, you know. But they're, there, they probably were at one point. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and, and a lot of them were. They were they were structured for multifamily, but we just turned them into a single. Right. Um, or what I'm doing now is kind of a cool niche that I started doing, and a lot of people do it too. But um, is I renovate duplexes, mm-hmm. so I get these duplexes and completely renovate them. I mean, head to toe, new floor, new electrical, new drywall, new plumbing, you name it. Everything's new, right? And, and you get one of those, let me know. <laughs> I got you. So what I was doing is, is I was renovating these duplexes and I'm like, okay, there's not as big of a market for fully renovated duplexes, right? As there is for, let's just say, a, a fully renovated single family house. Because every every family wants a single family house that's renovated, right? Right? So now I'm thinking, hmm, well, I want to stay in the, re- I want to stay in the real estate investor circle so how can i market to these people these investors say people that live in california or new york or washington dc or florida wherever the case is how can i how can i market to these people to where they're still making their returns but they've got a beautiful product beautiful like brand new almost uh almost turnkey then like a turnkey turnkey especially turnkey properties so what I started doing was I was renovating these duplexes and I'm like, man, I'm going to rent these, rent these things out, get one side rented and sell them to where I can get it to where either somebody comes in to buy it and house hacks one side or they have a turnkey property that they can either put another tenant in there themselves or live in it themselves. Right. And once I started seeing uh, Columbus is a very strong house hacking market and essentially what that means is is people live in one side and rent the other side out whether it be a two unit four unit eight unit they're doing it all across the board so i started seeing that and i started gearing toward that niche of renovating these properties excuse me selling them to, to investors and letting that investor decide hey this is a perfect house where you can live in one side and rent the other side out, or you can rent it out both sides how you see fit. And it just started blowing up, man. And I noticed, I noticed, so I, I, I pay attention a lot to like market trends mm-hmm. and I pay attention a lot to the West Coast because what you know, what you'll notice is a lot of the stuff they're doing on the West Coast migrates over here migrates over to the east coast right and we're like i don't want to say in the middle but we're close to the middle of the, of, of the u.s so all that stuff that's happening over there is essentially moving to here 
and I'm thinking and I'm seeing and I'm watching and I'm like, all right, I'm seeing people are moving from California, they're moving from New York, and, and these are people well, well, well capitalized with great jobs. Make, I mean, six-figure earners, some of them seven, and they're coming to the city and they're like, hey, I don't want to renovate a property. I want to buy something already renovated that's producing income, right. but at the same time to where I can live in the property. So I started seeing that this was a actual trend in Columbus within the past two years. I mean, it's just skyrocketed. So I started developing a business geared towards buying these properties, renovating them, putting a tenant in one side, selling it, one side vacant, and letting these new buyers come in and decide whether they want to live in it or they want to rent it out. And it's been fantastic. And, I, and I've just noticed that by doing this, I'm not only am I marketing to regular people, like not, not what I mean by regular people is, is the average Joe, you know, families, blah, 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 that are living, that are moving. Absolutely. I'm giving myself multiple, multiple exit strategies. So, you know, and, and, and I was thinking, Hey, worst comes to worst. I don't sell it. I rent them out. Well, what am I losing? I'm not losing anything. I'm still going to cash flow, right? My numbers still make sense, right? So what about if I geared it to where I can market to these people and, you know, they, they, they become interested in, and I've really made a niche of just doing that. And now I, what I do is, is when I flip something, if it's not a single family, I'll flip a duplex and I'll, and I'll either condo convert it out or I'll just leave it as a duplex, rent one side out, sell it as it is, let the new buyer come in. And it's generally, it's, it's an investor and let them come in and decide, hey, I want to rent this other side out or I want a house hack and live in one side and rent the other side. And it's been great, man. That's awesome, man. I love that. And I, and I, I definitely noticed that trend also. It is. It's, it's, it's happening more and more and more everywhere. That part sucks, though, is uh, you get like some of these investors who are like, I'm going to charge, you know, $60,000 more and the other side's not even renovated yet. But <laughs> and that's a different story. I mean, it, it happens, you know, you, you never know what these people are going to do when they buy these properties, but you know, you, you, lay, you lay out the foundation for these people, right. you know, what, what they decide to do with it at that point is completely up to them, but you lay out the foundation and you give these people opportunity and a choice right. that they don't have to come into it and live there. They don't have to come into it and run it. They have all, they have choices, right? And it, it, it's, it's a win-win for everyone at that point. It's a win-win, man. It really is. And I've just noticed that by doing this, I'm staying, I'm setting myself off from, from the crowd right. because there's not a lot of investors doing that. Right. They're, either, they're either marketing to the end buyer, which is a family mm-hmm. that wants to live in a single family, right? Or they're marketing to an investor who solely wants a property to rehab, flip, and sell. There's no really. There's no in between. Right. Yeah. So I kind of saw that as a as a as a, an opportunity. an opportunity. Absolutely. And once I saw that, man, I hit the gas pedal. Got to go. Uh, now, with your rehabs, do you have a team? Uh, like, I guess your business in general. Do you have a team to kind of manage all these things? As far as you know, deal flow goes. You know, getting contractors in. Um, you know, leasing it up or selling it. Like, or is it? Are you still like a one man show at this point? 
So I have, I have, I have a team. Um, I've got a team of wholesalers that I get my deals from. We work together. Um, so I keep the ones I, I want, sell the ones I don't want. Um, my management team, that's me. <laughs> that is me. Um, I, you know, I do it all, man. I'm, 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 I'm a one man show, but I do have team members. I have great, 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 can't even, can't even express enough. I have great contractors, trustable, dependable, um, guys with integrity that do great work. Um, you know, and I, I lean on these guys a lot, you know, when I need stuff, they get it done for me. Um, but a lot of the rental aspect of the business is on me. Now, I don't have hundreds of units yet. So I'm not to that point where I need a management team. Um, but I'm getting ready to build something here soon, which we'll probably get into here in a minute. And, uh, you know, I'm probably going to be looking more into the management aspect. I'm just a very particular person. And management companies, they'll never manage your property like you would yourself. You know, so you have to think about that. You got to be, you got to be able to willing to give up one for the other. And my, what I'm giving up is, is the sense of, I understand that they're not going to, they may not care for the properties as best as I do, but it's going to allow me to focus on what I'm good at. For sure. The acquiring, the buying, you know, the renovating, um, just the more hands-on aspect of it, you know, whereas the rental and the marketing and the, and the management aspect I'm kind of putting off to the side and letting somebody else deal with. Right. Cool. If I ask a selfish question, since we're on this topic. Absolutely. Awesome. So, well, like scaling a business, I'm trying to pretty much front load the, the bulk of my own business. Um, I would like to do like direct to seller marketing and, uh, and like, again, like network with wholesalers, get like, my, my problem is like deal flow. Um, I want to do like a couple, uh, flips a month and then, uh, to generate more income. And then, uh, buy rental properties on top of that. So again, a lot going on. What be your advice on systematizing some of those things from the beginning? So I would say right now you want to build a pipeline of your deals. That would be my number one thing for you right now. Build your pipeline, understand where your deal flow is coming from. Focus on that, grow that. Once you get that going, then you got to worry about your construction, right? right. Your rehabbing, your budgeting. Understanding all that is very key. It's crucial. But, but main thing is you have to know your deals. Right. You got to know what's a deal, what's not a deal, right? How to evaluate these properties. And my main thing I would say for you is is focus on focus on. Focus on creating like a funnel. I like to refer to everything like a funnel. Right. So if you create these deals that are coming into this funnel, right? They're coming down, they're coming down the funnel. What now they get to the bottom? What do you do when you get the deal? Well, now you got to deal with the numbers, right? So once you know the numbers, you have the people in place that is going to do the work, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then it all, it all flows. So your main thing right now is, is, is focusing on getting those deals. Once you can have a good funnel of deals coming in, whether it be you wholesaling them yourself, like you actually marketing and doing all that yourself, or 
you know, just setting up a good solid construction crew or like a, you know, just, just, just people that you rely and you trust that can do good work for you. The biggest thing, man, and, and, and this is not to like, I don't want this to go over your head. The biggest thing is, is set up systems now, even before you, even before you get a deal funnel or you get construction funnel, set up systems, meaning you got a set of installers or you got a set of wholesalers that you work with that give you great deals, right? Now you know, hey, I know where my deals are coming from, right? Now, now I need to focus on the rehabbing and the construction, right? Well, then you go and you find a good construction crew or you network, man. That's how I found mine. You talk to people, you ask them who they use, you work with these people, you give them little bits of pieces of business, you see how they work. And once you get all that, well, then guess what? Now you got a team behind you. Because those people, anytime you call them, they're going to say, oh, you got work? You want to flip a house? You want to do this? You want to do that? I'm there. And, and, and then literally you have a team. And then what I would say is, is the more the more you can take yourself out of the business, meaning the day-to-day operations, the physically being there, the physically talking on the phone, calling, doing this, the more you can remove yourself from that, the more smoothly your business is going to run. So we're, maybe, maybe, maybe for you, you know, it's finding somebody that you can partner up with, that you can, that you can work with on a day-to-day basis that can do a lot of those things that you're unable to do because say you have a, a, a day job, you know, that, that for me, if I would have had a partner growing, starting, man, I'd be over a hundred properties right now. Why? Because, a lot of the stuff that I like doing, I enjoy doing it, right. but I know I shouldn't be doing it, right? Because I should be focusing on getting the property. Higher dollar prioritized. 100% prioritizing my higher dollar opportunities and my higher dollar you know, choices because essentially they're all choices. Right. I know that. I know that. That's one of my issues is I, I do everything so much that I'm used to it. I need to pass that out to people. And the sooner I do that, the faster I'm going to scale my business. You know, so for you, I would say is create create your solid core four. I call it my core four. My core four is this. My broker or agent. My contractors. I've got uh, got contractors. I've got agents. I've got um, good inspectors. So like anybody that I bring in a house with me, say like just before I buy the property, I bring them in with me. They look at the property. They give me they give me their scope and they say, hey, this is what you should pay for. This isn't what you should pay for. Right. And, then, and then my fourth guy is my, um, my, my deal acquisition guy. My, you know, who I'm getting these deals from. I have to know that these deals that I'm buying are going to be good deals because if I'm getting deals off the MLS, they're not always going to be good deals, you know? So I make sure that my core four people are solid and I give them a lot of my work. So I, I, I almost push that work right onto them and I make them work for me, you know? And, and once I get that, everything flows, 
you know, and then I'm able, again, I'm able to focus on what I'm good at. And I think once you, once you get to that point where you're pushing stuff onto other people and you're like, Hey, I want you to focus on running the numbers on properties for me. I'm going to get the deals. I'm going to bring the deals here. You're going to run the numbers. This guy's going to run comps. This guy's going to go out and take photos of the property on the inside to do inspections. And then I'm going to put it all together and I'm going to, I'm going to be the one that deals with the customer or deals with the, the homeowner, whatever the case is. It's just creating systems, putting people in place that you can depend on, you can rely on, and that you trust, number one key, trust. And you know, getting these people to the point where they're, they're almost doing your job for you, but in their own business, right. if that makes sense. You know? sure. And just put, and putting it all together. And that, that's what, uh, what the goal was. Because, uh, I mean, you can obviously you know, buy a house here, buy a house there, but I really wanted to build a business um, and you know, truly leave something. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll switch gears just a little bit. I know, like you kind of touched on, uh, like touched on, like the next question a little bit, like with the previous question. Um, you're obviously a busy guy, so what kind of systems do you use in your own business? So I have, like I said, I have a great team of, of uh, wholesaler guys that I work with, and essentially. I work with a bunch of investors. I work with a bunch of wholesalers. So I'm constantly looking at deals. Now, what I've been doing more now than I'm doing before is I send deals to another guy that I work with. Mm-hmm. And like I said, by doing that, I've been able to scale. So I've been sending a guy that I work with. He's like my acquisitions guy. He buys the properties. He'll put offers in. Um, and by sending him stuff, he knows my criteria. He knows where I want to be at on properties. He knows where my numbers need to be, what my profit needs to be, everything. He's got a list. Everything's written down. So he's literally reading through my list when he's talking to these people or he's messaging these people. He knows. He knows what the comps need to be. He knows everything. So by allowing him to focus on the buying aspect it gives me a better aspect to go into these properties and break down the pricing and break down you know, how much I should pay for this, how much I should pay for that. You know, dealing with the contractors, managing the project, um, keeping, keeping ourselves in budget, you know, not going over budget. That's what I'm good at, you know? And, and then, and then the rehab aspect, dude, I, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't touched a hammer in three years. I just, you know, I removed myself from that, from that business. I used to do it. I was painting. I was doing flooring. I was installing cabinets, doors. I mean, everything. And I, and once I removed myself from that, I was able to grow myself and grow the business. And like I said, once you can get those people together and you can figure that out what you need, everything just just flows and it runs way smoother. So what I've done is I, I put people in places, I use people now and everything kind of comes together. And then I go and I physically look at the property. I do the inspection, figure out my rehab budget. Um, and then, yeah, that's it, man. And I just, like I said, I got my, my guys in place that go do the rehabs. I make sure I'm there every day. I make sure everything's getting done in time. And 
I just communicate with people. And if something's not the way I want it to be done, I let them know. You know, I have I have a set. So let me say this: before I go into every property, I know what I want the end goal to look like with the property. I know how I want the finishes to look. I know how I want the quality to look. I, I know how I want everything to look. I want everything to be smooth, you know, clean, um, no issues. I always make sure the mechanicals work after going through, you know, after every rehab. You've got to do the small things right. because when you don't, when you when you overlook the small things, it becomes a big thing after you know you're done with everything. Right. So I always go through the small things. I take a lot of steps to, to go over the small stuff. And then, you know, I'm able to have this person go and do this, make sure this is done, follow up with this person, do this. And it's just allowed me to kind of step back from the business and focus on, again, what I'm good at, which is buying, rehabbing, budgeting, and all that stuff. Awesome, man. What does wealth mean to you? Wealth means to me... Um, you know, it, it means being happy to me more than having money. I think being happy is wealth. I think if you're happy, whether you're a millionaire, whether you're not, if you're if you're happy in your life, you're wealthy. Um, you know, money is not everything. We all know that. We've all heard that, right? It helps us to get to get what we want. It helps us to get to, to, to you know to the points of life where we want to be, but money isn't everything. Um, I think wealth plays into part with your, your personal, your, your, yourself. You gotta know, you gotta know yourself. You gotta be a good person. Um, family, you gotta, you gotta take care of your family. You've gotta be involved with your family, right? And your health, you gotta be, you gotta be healthy. Right? You have to you have to take care of yourself. You have to be one with those three. And if you are one with those three and you're happy, then you're wealthy. Now now wealth does mean making money and having money and, and you know acquiring all the time. But I think if you're if you're you're happy and you know you're 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 healthy, your 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 finances are in, are on you know on point and, and you're 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 one with your family. I think that's a big thing for me. I, I enjoy my family. I enjoy my friends. You know, I enjoy the small things in life. Money is great. Don't get me wrong. But I would be fine if I didn't have money. If, if, if I didn't need money, I would be fine. You know, as long as I had my side, as long as I was healthy, I had my family, um, you know, I stayed active and, and, I was happy. I was just happy. I think being happy is the most important thing. You know, money is great. Having money is, don't get me wrong, it's, it's amazing. But without those other three things, those three key things, wealth to me, money is nothing. Right. You know, money, money means nothing to me. You got to be in line spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, and, you know, physically. Your health. So I think I think wealth is a wide. There's a wide things there that play in the part, but I think being wealthy is being happy, being healthy, and enjoying a a um, 
you know, enjoying a life that is has a lot of purpose. That's awesome. That makes sense. I love that. How should a newbie go about being in your position within one the next one to five years? Um, take action. Take massive action. I love it. Don't don't don't. Um, they call it analysis paralysis, which means you you get into that uh, analyzing. You know, you're analyzing stuff forever, and you, and you want to make that jump, but you're just scared because you keep telling yourself in the back of your head that, oh, I don't know everything. I don't know if this is going to go right or if this is going to go wrong. You just got to do it. You got to take the jump, man. You know, and if you're an entrepreneur out there, every every one of us knows this. You know, this is this is something we've all dealt with. We all still deal with. You know. We know that when we get into something, we may not always know what we're doing, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's life. Right. When we drive our cars every day, I mean, we don't know if we're going to come home that day. Who knows what, you know, we could get hit by a car. There's so many things that could happen in life. And I don't mean that in like a, you know, bad, negative way. What I mean by that is, is you know, you can't be afraid of something that you, uh, you can't be afraid of the unknown. You gotta, you gotta take, you gotta be willing to not be fearful, you know. And you have to be willing to take that, take that, take that leap, man. It's called a leap of faith for a reason. You gotta, you gotta take that leap and um, be confident in yourself. Have confidence, you know, because like I said, I didn't grow up with money. I'm not the smartest kid in the world. I'm not, I'm not a, you know. Uh, pre-med doctor that went to college and, and then got out and started doing real estate. No, man. I didn't grow up with, you know, I barely finished high school. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not a genius. And a lot of these other guys that are doing big stuff out here, they're the same way. But the things that set us apart from people that don't is we don't stop. We don't quit. You know, we, we have a, a no-quit attitude. You know, and, and I think it all comes down to mental, man. You have to have that mental capacity. You have to be willing to just, you got to be willing to, to just get through it and not give up. You cannot quit. can't give up. And you got to have confidence in yourself. So be confident in yourself. Don't never give up no matter what, no matter how hard it becomes, no matter, doesn't matter the situation. And then take you you got to stay strong and you got to be committed and you got to stay focused, man. That's awesome, man. This has been great. Um, we're going to transition into the last segment of our show called the highlight wheel. So I'm going to ask you seven questions here. I want you to just come up with the, the first thing that comes to your head. All right. Awesome. What is one thing that you have done in your life that you could say you were the most proud of? Most proud of. I was, well, getting, I would say getting through that first property for me was the most proud, uh, most accomplished feeling I probably ever had only because I went through so much during that first deal that I could have quit. I could have gave up, you know, and, and there were times where I literally was like, I don't even want to get out of bed. You know, I was like, I don't want to do this. I want to get up. Like I'm not looking forward to dealing with these people and having to get somebody and, and 
dealing with contractors and you know it, it was just a rough time in my life for you know after I bought the property um, so I would say that was probably my proudest moment man just getting through that and, and teaching myself showing myself that I could do it you know that that I just needed to have some confidence and, and I needed to believe in myself and that was that was probably it for me for sure for sure number two what was the most rewarding thing you have done for someone else? I would say the most rewarding thing I've done for somebody else is help them get in the house. Um, I helped a few friends out get in the house. Um, they didn't have very good credit. So I just gave them, I helped them, you know, I gave them, gave them some help, showed them how to do things. Um, and th these were people that didn't have good credit they had they 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 were not the uh, average person that would have you know the means to get a house and um, be able to do so and, and that was a very that was very uplifting and, and that was one of the, my proudest moments I say for helping somebody out for sure. That's awesome. Number three, what book have you gifted the most? Rich Dad Poor Dad. Rich Dad Poor Dad. For sure. I think everyone needs to read that book. It should be required in school. It, it, it man, that, that book changed my life. Everybody that, anybody and everybody that is ever considering real estate, I always recommend that book. Even people that aren't, I just, I think that's a, that's a, that book should be required for everybody to read, you know? Uh, Robert Kiyosaki would be a happy guy if that was the case also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure <laughs> Number five, uh, number four. Sorry, I almost skipped one. Who's been the, who's been the biggest influence on you in your life? Like, okay, so like, you want to know like over my broad, over my entire life, or just like within my investing career? Your life. Um, probably my mother. Your mom. Yeah. Um, she was a single mom. She raised three children on a on a teacher salary. She was making like twenty five, twenty six thousand dollars a year. Uh, I mean, like I said, we weren't, we weren't, we didn't have money. You know, my mom, we were poor, and my mom always made it work. She's she's my hero. She she always, like I said, you know, we went through a lot of stuff as kids, but my mom always had her back. She always took good care of us. Um, she's definitely been the most influential in my life. She's helped me get to where I'm at in life, and yeah. I would say, say my mom for sure. I think we need a round of applause from mothers all around the world then. Yeah. One big clap, right? right. <laughs> Number five, if the world was ending in 24 hours, what would be the first thing you would do? If the world was ending in 24 hours, I would probably call all my family members, tell them how much I love them, um, tell everybody in my life that I don't tell enough that I appreciate them um, and respect them, uh, whether it be friends, family, just the people that I care about. I would I would remind them that I you know I love them and I care about them. Just a little tidbit, you know I could be better at that myself, but you know doing that even if the world's not ending. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I tell myself that sometimes. I'm like, man, who knows? I mean, we're all living in on uncertain times right now, you know. And, who knows how things are going to be next year or the following year. So it's, 
it's definitely good to just remind yourself, you know, to get into that mindset of just being, being appreciative of those around you, you know, being appreciative of those that have helped you and uh, just, you know, paying homage to those for sure. I love it. Question six, where can our listeners find out more about you? Um, they can find me on Instagram. Um, they can find me on Facebook. My Instagram is Justin underscore Fry six one four. Or Facebook Justin Fry. I'm on Bigger Pockets. I'm on. Yeah, I think that's about it. I'm on Bigger Pockets a lot. Um, a lot of people reach out to me on Bigger Pockets, but. Yeah, any of those any of those three social media uh, platforms, really. Awesome, man. And last but not yep. least, what is it that our listeners can bring you that will be of value to your life or your business? I would just say a value. And what I mean by that is, is I I like to meet when I meet people. I like to bring them value. Um, so I just ask that if somebody's coming to me, they bring me value. Because I, I would expect nothing in return, but I would bring value to people at the drop of a heartbeat. So I would, you know, I expect I expect the same in return. I love to give people um, value. I love to bring value to people. I love to help people. I love helping people. I don't know why. I just do love it. Um, and I would just, you know, I would just say, yeah, probably just value coming in, coming in, in uh bringing some type of value. It doesn't have to be money or anything. It can be deals. It can be knowledge. It can be networking. It can be connections. It can just be friendship, you know, but definitely, definitely some, some type of value. Awesome, man. Well, it was great having you on the show today. Uh, I felt like our listeners are going to have a, you know, a field day with so many actionable tips, man. Yeah, for sure. It was awesome having you. Cannot wait to have you on again for sure, man. And absolutely, man. Look forward to it. Look forward to it also. So that being said, <laughs> have a good one. Thank you for joining us today on another amazing episode of the Buckeye Investor. If you haven't already, please subscribe so you can be notified every time we post a new episode. We would also really appreciate it if you left us a rating and review. This really helps us get this great content in front of more people. As always, keep striving for greatness, and I'll see you guys on the next one. Have a good one. Peace.